Welcome to the Victory Life Church podcast. We believe it's important to present an uncomplicated and uncluttered view of Christ and how we should live. We hope this podcast inspires you and helps build your faith. If you ever find yourself in the area, come check us out. For more information on services and events, visit us at blcministries.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at VLC Plantation. You know, when we originally said this was going to be our word for this year, we wanted to make ourselves available to really two things because there's really a lot, right? There's a lot to do. Amen? There's a lot to say. There's a lot to be a part of. And if we could kind of just put it all in two things, those two things were to be available to the ministry of God and to the ministering of people. That's really it. Can you do that? Can we make ourselves available to the, to the ministry of God, which is a lot of things, and to the ministering of people? So, Father, we pray, we ask, God, that you would allow ourselves to be made available. Give us the strength that we need to love people, to serve you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Hey, turn to the person next to you and tell them I'm available with whatever you need me to do today. There we go. This thing just might not be working. All right, you know, I'm gonna give you this. I'm gonna get this off. Here you go. Let me take this off. Sorry, we're doing a little little technical issues. There you go. That feels weird. (laughs) I wanted to preach with this mic anyways, all right? Hey, um, welcome. Hey, my name is Jacob. I'm one of the pastors here, and we wanna say thank you if it's your first time. Welcome. Can we give it up for all our first-time guests? Can we welcome our church family watching and online? Come on. Hey, if you didn't know... um, um, I was an lo- online viewer last week as my wife and I sat in the hospital as we introduced our third little, little baby girl. Um, in fact, I gotta, let me give you a little, little picture. Um, her name is Blakely. And uh, man, it's, uh, it's, just, it's just incredible. I gotta be honest, I'm so, I'm so thankful that God would entrust us with another, another one of his children. I really am. You know, we've been through a couple miscarriages. We know what it's like. We know, we know there are people suffering who cannot have kids and and so we, we pray with you, and we, on, on your behalf, we seek God. And so we stand in a position where we, we feel like we have some favor, and we're so thankful for that favor. We're so thankful that God saw it fit to give me a little girl because I got two amazing boys that, uh, by the way, um, if you have boys, you know, if you have just one boy and maybe a couple girls, it's one thing. But when you have two boys, they just wrestle all the time. That's all they do is fight. And so, uh, and Maybe that stems from me because I, I wrestle them all, all the time. So when people come over, all they want to do is, is fight. And uh, they're like, man, your kids are wild up. And I'm like, my kids are men, all right? And so now we got a little girl, and they're now going to be fighting to protect her. <laughs> so, I uh, mean, my wife is actually watching home from uh, online. And so uh, thank you, babe. You are just amazing. You are incredible. You are just so awesome. I got to watch her do this. And it uh, blows me away every single time. So I'm, I'm really blessed. But last week, we were supposed to launch this uh, series titled Behave Differently. Somebody say behave. And there was a little, you know, there was a little uh, 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 passing, you know, I was like, Dad, you, we gotta, we're going to the hospital a week earlier. You got to take this. So he delivered uh, what we pastors call a Saturday night special, which, by the way, it was special indeed. Come on. That was an incredible message last week, Dad. You know, I told you that. If you're going through things, going through storms, if you're trying to figure out, God, why, why are you putting me these, you know, through these things? Well, God is teaching you something, and he's allowing you to teach somebody else something. So go back and listen to it if you, don't, if you have the chance. But we're going to start something today. You know, Easter is gone. Easter was awesome. Jesus ascended, and the question remained, um, God, who would you use to fulfill the plan that you had for this world? The answer? You and I. Come on, turn to the person next to you and say, he chose you and me, not just you, but me too. He chose you and I. He chose imperfect people to fulfill a perfect plan. That is, that is crazy. But the best part is we don't have to do this alone. We get to do it with each other. But that's also the bad part is we have to do it with each other because people are difficult, right? People are challenging. It's not easy, but scripture is so awesome because scripture gives us everything that we need to do this really well together, right? To, to honor God, to represent Christ, to be disciples. Scripture gives us everything. And who knows what'll happen when we do this well? I do know what happens because in John chapter 13, verse 35, Jesus says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you what? 
love one another. Can I ask you a question? Has loving people become a burden or a blessing for you? Perhaps today God is wanting to look at how you behave towards one another. And if he could get you to behave in such a way that people around you would have zero doubts of who you are and whose you are. And so for the next seven weeks, or actually six weeks, we're gonna, we're gonna look at and learn about what it looks like to behave differently. And uh, this is kind of like the code of conduct, all right, on how to behave towards other believers, towards other people. You know, I just read with you John chapter 13, but let me go back. If you have your Bibles, go to John chapter 13 real quick. I wanna, I wanna just read this one portion and set it up for you because Jesus is here talking to his disciples and he's observing Passover and uh, he's letting them know that he's, he's, about to, he's about to leave. Hey, I'm gonna be gone. And before they could even get a response in, he responds with, with this, he says, I got a new command. Come on, somebody say, new command. He says, I got a new command. Look at verse 34, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love, or he says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, this is key, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You know what I wanna what I'd like for us to do, because this can be a bit challenging, but I, I, I wonder if there, would, there was one thing that would reveal whether or not you are a disciple of Jesus. And there is. And it's not your, your church attendance, your tithing records, your biblical or doctrinal knowledge. It's this, the thing that Jesus told his disciples on that very night, if you love one another. Listen, people are watching your neighbors are watching, your siblings are watching, your kids are watching. And the question I have for you is do you really want them, and this is the title of this morning's message if you're taking down notes, do not let them wonder. Don't let them wonder, amen? Let's pray one more time. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Lord, would you speak to us in maybe a new and fresh way? Some of us have heard these scriptures our whole entire lives. Maybe somebody is, for the very first time hearing this, would you open up our hearts, open up our minds to receive you in a new way? In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Can we give God one more shout of praise in this place? Come on. Do I have any coffee lovers out in the room? Coffee lovers? Coffee lovers? Come on. Um, does anybody enjoy going to work and working at coffee shops? Like you get to do, bring your, bring your, does anybody have the luxury of not being in the office 24 seven where you can go to a coffee shop? Come on. That's just like, man, it's just, it's wonders in there. It's crazy. I was, uh, last Thursday, not this past Thursday, but Thursday before we had our, our baby, my wife was like, Hey, you need to, you need to get home because I'm, I'm feeling something. All right. And, uh, so I'm like, all right, all right, but I got to do some things. So I ended up, I ended up going you know, I live 40 minutes away. So if she's like, my water broke, I'm in labor. Well, somebody else is going to have to take to the hospital because I can't because I'm 40 minutes away. So I, I worked on that side of town the rest of that day and I was sitting in a coffee shop and I had my AirPods in. But I had them on transparent mode so I could hear what was going on. And I didn't have any music playing. And there was this couple, I'm not sure if he was uh, Hurley from the show Lost back in the day, but it looked just like him. And him and his wife were sitting there talking. And I think it was his wife, but I began to wonder who they were and what they were talking about because it was like a serious conversation. I think he was saying like, I'm sorry. And she was crying. She had her head down. I, I just was really confused if they were together, if they were not together, if they were fighting, if they were reconciling. And they kind of walked out with their heads down. I was, I was unsure of what was taking place here. You know, I bet you I could say the same thing about you. I bet you that there are people who wonder about you. They're wondering this whole Jesus person that you say you love, if you're really together, if, if you're really loving him and honoring him. Because by your actions, by your words, they're just not really sure if you really believe. They're not really sure if you, you seem to be fighting all the time, but based upon what they can, maybe not, maybe not hear you say, but hear what you do, they are wondering, they're confused whether or not you are in a relationship with Jesus and whether that relationship is good or whether that relationship is bad. Can I be honest with you? And I'm gonna say something that isn't new to most of us in this room. But you know people outside of the church, they'd like to think that everybody inside the church is extremely hypocritical. And we are, I am too. I don't want to be, 
And in fact, I always come to the Lord and say, God, I'm, I'm sorry. Come on, I'm sorry for being hypocritical. I'm sorry for saying one thing and living another. I, I, I don't want to do that, by the way. So when I say, oh, I'm a hypocrite too, I'm not justifying my sin, I'm saying, I'm done with that. I don't want to be that anymore. But some of you, you're okay with that. You're okay with that statement because you're like, yeah, I come to church and check it off. And then Monday through Saturday, I live differently. Your friends know it too. Man, I know you're singing all them songs in church, but the words you're singing in your car are a little bit different. Right? Oh, you, you, you scream and shout when, uh, when the pastor says, um, come on, let's abstain from sexual immorality. Woo, you amen to that, but your hands are all over your girlfriend. You know, you, you say you're one way, but then, you know, you're, you're over here saying, you know what? Listen, I, I just, I'm a little bit different. Oh, your friends know. Because you're, you're always telling them, hey, watch how much you drink. They're like, I've seen you, and clearly you aren't watching how much you drink. So there, there's a disconnect. Listen, has what we believe been transferred to how we live? Has what we believe what we know to be true, has it been transferred to how we live? When people see you talking, when people see you arguing, when people see you having interactions with people in the marketplace, what do they see? Do they, do they wonder? If you're dating, trying to honor the Lord, great, but what do they really see? If you're trying to run a business and you're trying to do it to honor the Lord, what do they really see? It's one thing to have a statement that says, I honor the Lord in everything I do, but it's another thing to live such a way that honors the Lord in everything you do. Do they wonder, church? Man, I just wonder about so-and-so, if they really love Jesus. Do people say that about you? I just, I wonder about her because, you know, she says she goes to church, but I've seen her in Starbucks. And when they forget to give those extra two pumps of mocha and spell her name wrong, I don't believe she even believes in church. And those two extra pumps of mocha, by the way, are like six because you already got four in there. But you are livid. What kind of testimony, what kind of testimony is that? How many of you know that so much of what you do externally is a representation of what's happening internally? Yeah? So much of what we do externally is a representation of what's happening internally. Don't believe me? Go to Luke chapter 6 if you have your Bibles. Luke chapter 6. Jesus is speaking to 12 of his disciples and many others, and many would believe and say that this is the abbreviated Sermon on the Mount that we find in Matthew chapters 5 and 6 and 7. And he just finishes this segment on judging, right? Um, you want to judge somebody else and you want to call out the speck in their eye, you first have to call out the plank in your own. But then Jesus moves on to the character. He moves on to the heart issue, which, which you know Jesus is more concerned about the heart. That doesn't say that he's not concerned about your actions. He is very concerned about your actions, but your actions will change when your heart changes. So in Luke chapter 6, verse 43, this is what it says. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his what? In his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his what? Hearts. And this is the key verse right here. Listen to this. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Listen, write this down. The health of the fruit reveals the health of the tree. The health of the fruit reveals the health of the tree. What's on the inside is really what the tree is, is made of, is determining what kind of fruit you are producing on the outside. If you got healthy fruit, that must mean what? You got a healthy tree. If you got bad fruit, that must mean you got what? A bad tree. And Jesus says this is the same with you and I. If you got healthy actions, healthy speech, then you got a healthy heart. But if you have poor actions and poor speech and a poor attitude, 
then that must mean what? You have a poor heart. Just look. It's really easy to determine and assume somebody's heart, oh, oh well, we don't judge here in this place. We're this judgment-free zone. This is not Planet Fitness, by the way. This is the church. You are, there is a way to judge. I'm not being judgmental. I'm just being realistic. Just look at their actions. Look at what they say. Look at what they do. Look how they behave. Look how they honor their parents. Look how they treat their waitress or waiter. Just look. It's easy to assume the health of their heart because I can clearly see the health of their actions. And it doesn't look too healthy. Church, oh, we need to have healthy actions. But the only way we're going to have healthy actions is if we have a healthy heart. So Jesus is focused on your heart today. Come on, tell the person next to you, it's about your heart. We change that, we fix that, we're going to fix the actions. Stop being so focused on the actions. The actions should be a concern, certainly. Those need to be adjusted, right? Those need to be corrected. You don't just show up to church, get saved, and then your actions stay the same. They can't. They will change. And if you don't like it, then you're not going to want to be here. Because this is what the Bible does. It corrects us. I hate it sometimes. But it's necessary. It is necessary. Come on. I love getting, I don't, I don't love getting corrected. But I, I love getting corrected. This is what I say. I just keep preaching it to myself. But I need it. We need it. We got to do this. If we want to have healthy fruit, we got to have a healthy heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. People are watching. Don't let them wonder, church. Don't let them wonder whether you're not you're a disciple of Jesus. Don't let them wonder if you're watching on online. Don't let them, don't let them wonder. Now, if I can go back to John chapter 13, verses 34, 35. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another by this. Come on, say by this. By this right here, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you show up to church every Sunday. No. If you, if you read your Bible every day. No. If you love one another. So, so how do we keep people from, from wondering? I want to give you four things this morning. Four things for you to jot down. I'm going to use this passage and a few others. Four things that I believe the Lord is put into his word that, that'll help us today because I want to get to the point where people are like, man, that is a, you know, Sean, that man's a follower of Jesus. Wow. You know, like, like Steve, man, that man loves people. Man, there's something different. There's something different about Alex's behavior. There's something, I want people to say that about, come on, anybody else want people to say that about you? There's something different about you. There's something different about your behavior. There's something different about your speech. There's something different about how you handle your business affairs. There's some, don't let them wonder, church. Don't let them wonder. We have a healthy heart. We're gonna see some healthy actions and other people are gonna see it as well. Some, we, we gotta desire this. We gotta want this. Now, I know for church people, I'm going to give you those four things in just a second because you're ready to go number one. Um, but for church people, this is kind of, you know, we, get, we probably hear this more, more than often. Like, man, you're so kind. You're so loving. You know, we should hear that because we're, we're believers and we love Jesus. It's kind of second nature. But you ever walk into a marketplace or a store and somebody is kind and loving? You're, you're like, what's going on here? Right? What's happening here? Why are you so kind to me? Why are you so patient to me? And if you ever walk into a store or a restaurant and you get customer service like that, guess what? You're coming back. You're coming back. Come on. I don't care the quality of the food. I'm concerned about the quality of the customers and the employees there. I'm back because of the service. The food may be, the food's got to be decent, okay? Like, I'm not going to go if you're serving me dog food. But um, if, you're, if your character is great, I'll encourage you and you'll receive it. But I want to go back because I'm just, I'm just, I'm so honored there, and I'm appreciated there. Every time we've been to the, you know, we had all three of our children at Boca Regional Hospital in Boca Raton, and it's been the greatest experience. I'll tell you what. I don't know if you've had bad experiences in the hospital, but it's been great for me. It's been awesome. They give you this little band when you have a child that says, like, you know, you're a dad, and everywhere you go, they're like, hey, dad. I'm like, That's right. what's going on? People, I kid you not. They, they will purchase your food for you. It's crazy. They bought me drinks. They bought me food. They bought me meals. They just treat you with respect. We're coming back next year, Cheryl, right? I'm just, it's so, <laughs> let's go. Come on. We'll be back. 
because just for the free meals, all right? <laughs> oh, that's good. She's probably not laughing. She's not laughing at home right now. But I, I want to go to places where I feel it. My dad says it all the time. If you're a Christian and you run a business and you do it well, I'm coming to your business. I'm coming to your business. Doesn't mean I'm going to neglect everybody else's. If I need it, I need it. But if I can get it elsewhere and I could go to a believer who's going to be honest, I'm not looking for free handouts. I'm just looking for honest people who are going to work real hard and honor God while doing it. I'll, I'll, I'll go to that. I love that. We, we, want, we want that, church. We want it. We want people to say, man, I, I love that place. I love that person because there's something different about them. So if we are to be disciples and people are going to know that by our love towards one another, then our goal today is in line with behaving differently. We're going to start off by looking at what it's like to love people better. How many want to love people better? All right, number one, let me give you this. First, we got to love God. Duh. That makes sense. But maybe for you, it doesn't make sense. You know, the, the phrase one another or each other is found 50 times in Scripture. All giving us this command and this encouragement to love people. Now, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a little too much. But is it? Because if you know where you get your strength from, if you know, to, if you know where the source is, it's possible, right? No matter how difficult people are, it's possible. No matter how angry people are, it is possible because I know where I get my strength from. And so if I can love God first and I can love God more, then I know that I will be able to love other people. It's like without food, it's really hard to work out. Without gas, it's really hard to drive. Without money to buy the gas, it's really expensive. It's really hard to drive at all because we don't have any money to put gas in the tank. That's what we do. Credit card, baby, let's go all day. And, but I can't afford to pay the credit card back. So now I'm just, now I'm just in a hole. But we need, if we're going to love people well and better, we have to love God first. In Matthew chapter 22, Jesus responds to an expert of the law when he's asked, what's the greatest commandment, right? There's like, there's like 614 commandments or precepts in the Old Testament. Jesus, what's the, what's the main one? Come on, they're trying to stump him. And he responds, he says in verse 37 of Matthew 22, love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest. Somebody say greatest. The first and greatest commandment right here. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and all the prophets hang on these two commandments. In other words, everything you read in the Old Testament, these two embody all of that. Great. We, we can just shut all the old laws in the Old Testament off. No. Because if you want to do all those, just do these two, and these two will help you do all those, okay? These aren't replacing those. He says all of them fall on these two commandments. So if, if we are to love one another as ourselves, which we'll talk about, we first have to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind. Now, notice the passage doesn't say strength. Maybe you've heard that verse before. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mark says that. I don't know if, because Matthew was a tax collector, he really wasn't that strong, so he saw fit that he didn't need to include that, but maybe he was a little bit stronger, and he said, in my strength, I will honor the Lord as well. Matthew said, I don't need to add that, because I ain't that strong. I don't know, I'm just making an assumption. So we first have to love God. Now, as believers, we get that, we, don't, we understand that. Maybe that's easy for us. But loving people, that's a little bit of a challenge. So what I want to do is kind of change this now and really talk to those who love God really well and maybe struggle with loving people. I, I, got the, I, I got the loving God parts. It's the most important. It's first on the list. But you know what second is on the list? Alongside with loving God? is loving people. That's right there. It's not like I could just do the first and God will deal with the people. God says, you need to love me. And alongside that, the second greatest commandment is you've got to love people. I gotta love people. You, you gotta love. I love you, God. Could it possibly be that we could acquire a mass amount of, of biblical knowledge and theology and devotion to God, yet in the meantime, we are producing little to no fruit when it comes to loving people? Could it be? I got the prayers all day, I got the, the Bible reading all day, but when it comes to people, they are just extremely challenging. People are very difficult. And if that's you in this room and you're saying, Jacob, that's me. People are very difficult. You know what people are saying? That you are difficult. They're saying the same thing about you. 
So we, we, got, we, got, we, got, we got to fix this. God might be saying, listen, that neighbor that has given you a hard time, you have not been loving them. It's time to love them. That coworker who got that promotion that you wanted, you have not been loving them. In fact, you have not been speaking highly of them either. It's time to love them. That long crew that shows up to your house early in the morning on your only day off and decides to mow your lawn, you have not been speaking highly of them. It is time to start loving them. No wonder why our neighbors often wonder about what we believe in or who we believe in. They, they wonder about you because as soon as somebody steps on your lawn with that dog, you cuss them out. And, and then you're going to invite them to church for Easter? Ha! That's a joke. What if, if, you're, if, you, if people in church are like you, then why would I go to church? I already get it every time I walk across your lawn. And they keep doing it to aggravate you and aggravate you, and, and you're just not getting it. Are, are they wondering about who you are? Are they wondering about whose you are? H have they been wondering, church? It's time to stop letting them wonder because they're watching. So we want to love people better. We got to love God. We got to get to know him. We got to get to know his word. We got to learn to obey him. If loving God isn't the priority, then loving people will bring anxiety. Come on. In Psalm 34, verse 8, the scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Come on. How many know when you taste and see that the Lord is good, you just want more of it? Come on, you just want more of it. You experience it. You're all about it. And now you pray for it. And now you ask for it because you've tasted it. So you desire more of it. Listen, every year I go to, well, I used to go to CC's Pizza. It's a buffet. That'll tell you the quality of it. I don't want to condemn it in case somebody works here, that 10 cc's. But every year we would take our VBS, Vacation Bible School volunteers, to CC's because it was a buffet and it was cheap. And I would go, I would get two pieces of pizza, and I would get 20 cinnamon rolls. <laughs> 20 cinnamon rolls. I'd be waiting for them to just bring them out again because, Eddie, you know what I'm talking about, right? Those cinnamon, the, the VBS, there was like 100 people in that CC's. It was wild. But there I was, eating my cinnamon rolls. You just mentioned CC's. My mouth begins to water because, man, those cinnamon rolls are some of the greatest things I've ever tasted in my life. I just want more. I just want more. I just want more. That's, that's how it should be with God. Man, I taste God. I experience God. And now I want all of God. I want more of it and more of it and more of it. I question you if you're not wanting more. Because here's the thing. If you desire to know more of God, if you desire to know more, if you're asking, God, I want to desire more, you're going to ask the question, well, how? And God's going to say, if you can love me who you can't see, love my children who you can't see. It just goes right back to loving people. I just want to love you, God. God said, love my people. That's crazy. The second greatest commandment, love people as yourself. But first, you have to love God. Let me give you the second. Second, know your position. Know your position. Matthew twenty two thirty nine. He says, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Somebody say love. You know, the world characterizes love as, uh, as selfishness. But the Bible teaches us about love and characterizes it as selflessness. In fact, you go to the Old Testament and look at the Ten Commandments. I'm sure we all know them. We have them somewhere plastered up on our house. It's, it's really a, it's a love letter, the Ten Commandments. No, it's, it's commandments on do's and don'ts. No, it's not. Well, it is, but it's all about love because the first four commandments are about our relationship with God and how we can love him better. And the last six are our relationship with people and how we can love them better. Come on, loving people says, I'm not gonna commit adultery. Uh, I'm not gonna steal. I'm not gonna covet. I'm not gonna lie. You know, I'm, I'm gonna honor my parents. That's, that's a love letter right there. This, this is the 10, listen. In fact, Romans chapter 13, verses eight. Go there with me if you have your Bibles. Romans, Romans chapter eight. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and Romans. I was going to read it from here, but I'm going to read it in here. Matthew chapter, sorry, Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 10. Look, listen to this. Because all of these commandments are really teaching us how to love people. Romans 13, verses 8. It says, let no debt remain outstanding. Come on. Amen. Can I read that again? Let no debt remain outstanding except... The continuing debt to love one another. Wow. We just stop right there. 
Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. For he who loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet. And whatever other commandments there may be are summed up in this one rule, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Come on. One writer put it this way, and I wish I could tell you who it was, but I don't. He said this, or she said this. I don't know. We may pay our taxes and be quiet and under our breath be upset as well. We may give respect and honor where they are due and have no further obligation, but we can never say, I have done all the loving I need to do. We can never say that. We can never say, I have done all the loving I need to do. Love then is a permanent obligation, a debt impossible to discharge. Come on, somebody. Tell the person next to you, loving you is permanent. <laughs> Come on, loving you is, I'm permanently here to love you. This is where I will be. This is where I will remain. In fact, it's the fulfillment of the law. It doesn't matter the amount of righteous things you have done. If you have done them while neglecting love for others, then you are walking in disobedience. How can you say you love people and not love God? Or how can you say you love God and not love people? This doesn't make sense. So my position is I will always permanently be here. So it's understanding that position. This doesn't change over time. This doesn't change when my job changes, when I move, when I go to a new church. I'm tired of loving those people, and I'll give it some time before I can love these people. No, the love tank needs to be filled. Amen. The love tank needs to be filled. And the greatest part is that love tank doesn't cost any money. It's free 99. You just got to spend time with God, and it'll be filled. And the love tank's got to keep being filled because people are, need to be loved. And we're going to keep loving people, so we got to keep filling up the love tank. But our position is also to love others as ourselves. Notice in the text, Paul says twice the command to love our neighbor is the fulfillment of the law. Loving people is really displaying the love that we have for God. And in doing so, in displaying that love, it's a love that we would actually want done towards us. So, I don't want anybody cheating me. I don't want anybody stealing my possessions, sleeping with my spouse, coveting what I have, lying. I don't, want, I don't want anybody to do that to me. So I want you to treat me just like I'm treating you. That, that's what it says. Luke 6.31 says, do to others as you would have them do to you. So I will treat you like how I want you to treat me. But listen to this, and this is what separates us as believers. How I treat you is not based upon how you treat me. Some of us need to say that out loud. Some of us need to say that to some people in our lives, some people who are weighing us down, some people who are accusing us of some things, some people who are cheating us. We need to look them in the face and say, how I treat you is not based upon how you treat me. You see, I give you my love not because it's earned or not because it's owed. I give you my love because Christ gave it to me. And it's Christ that lives within me. And so I love differently. I behave differently. Not because you owe me. Or not because I owe you. But because Christ lives in me. And so I love differently. I behave differently. I do unto you as I would want you to do to me. That's what it means to love as ourselves. Number three. This is, again, I'm trying to be really practical for you. We want to love people better. Third, stop hating them. Stop hating them. Come on, the word hate should not even be in our vocabulary. Let's get rid of the word hate. Let's throw it out. Now, I get it. I struggle with this. I always say, I don't hate you. I hate what you're doing. <laughs> I mean, come on. There are, it's hard. It's really easy to want to hate people, especially some foolish people who are making some foolish laws passing in our government. So I hate the laws that are passed, but I have a hard time. I want to hate you, but I just can't stand what you're doing, because God wouldn't agree with that. So I hate, I hate that, but I, I, you know, there are things that I hate, and 
Don't judge me. Judge me. It's okay. But I, I, hate, I hate black beans, okay? I'm just going to throw it out there. I hate sweet potatoes. I hate the Boston Celtics. I mean, there's plenty of things that I just have a hard time loving. But, but we, we need to work really hard at, at, at no longer hating people. Because some of you are in a room where there are other people that you hate. Some of you go to a job where there are other people that you hate. Some of you live in a household where there are people that you hate. And you know, scriptures are very clear on this. In fact, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 20, whoever claims to love God, I'm sure we all claim to love God, yet hates a brother or sister is a what? A liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Again, this is a crucial measure. Jesus said, people will measure your status, my status as a disciple, by the measure we love one another. How can you say you love God that you can't see, and yet at the same time, you can't seem to love a person that you can't see? In fact, if you hate them, you are a liar. That's what scripture says. Solomon um, agrees with this in Proverbs 10, 18. The scripture says, the one who conceals hatred has lying lips. Some of you need to be freed from hate today. Some of you need to, you got some shackles on you because of some things that have happened to you that God is saying today is the day that we release the hate in your life because it is destroying you it is ruining you. Come on, just tell God, God, get rid of the hate in my life. Come on, get rid of the hate in my life. But not only are you a liar, but you are walking in darkness. How dare you would accuse a believer of walking in darkness. I'm not accusing you. The scripture is accusing you. Because 1 John 2 verse 11 says, anyone who hates a brother or sister is in darkness. And walks around in the darkness. Oh, you thought you were going to show up and be encouraged and say, God is good. I'm doing all things well. No, perhaps there are things you are doing wrong. And that's the greatest thing about Jesus. Because he's going to extend the grace, but he's also going to extend the truth. And we hate, we can't say hate, we dislike the truth sometimes. But we need it. We need it. And so he gives you grace, but he's giving you truth. He's saying, listen, if you hate your brother or sister, if you hate your mom or dad, if you hate your boss, well, Jacob, I actually got a really good reason. No, if you hate your boss, it says you're walking in darkness. This is what it says. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. Listen, maybe, maybe you have every right to hate. You look at your past and <clears throat> there's been abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse. There's been abandonment. There's been uh, false accusations. Everything that has happened to you has given you a perfectly good reason to be angry, be upset, but has it given you a reason to hate? Can, can I just propose this? Maybe you can convince me of why you are to hate somebody. But convince God that you have every right to live in darkness. Conv try and convince him that God, in this darkness that I'm walking, it's okay. I can justify it. I can hate you can convince, maybe you can convince me. Maybe I'm like, all right, yeah, that's, I agree. But try convincing God that it's okay for you to live in darkness and walk in darkness. Come on, God said in Colossians 1.13, I delivered you from the domain of darkness and I have transferred you to the kingdom of my son. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 11 says, you should take no parts in the unfruitful works of darkness. Put 1 Peter 2, 9. This is what it says. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Come on, tell the person next to you, you are God's special possession so that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness. Anybody thankful that you have been called out of darkness? You have been set free from the, the grips of the enemy? I'm so thankful that I'm no longer there. So why are you Dabbling back in the things of darkness. I didn't, now you realize. I wasn't really committing any sins. I wasn't like, you know, getting back into my old ways. But now I realize that my hatred has brought me back there. 
And God, would you free me from that hate? Would you free me from, don't let them wonder. Don't let them wonder who's in you. Now it's easy to say that, and I want to give you the last one here, because here's what we're going to do, okay? We want to love people better. Fourth, pray a ton and work really hard. Come on. Pray a ton and work really hard. Jacob, I thought I didn't need to work at all. I just needed to pray. Just by, just by faith, that's it. I, I didn't say this is determine whether or not you were saved or not. I just said this is a huge factor in loving people. It's going to take some effort. In fact, Proverbs 18, 9 says, one who is slack in his work is brother to the one who destroys. So your job as a believer is to love other people and you're to love them very well. And the question for you is, are you going to slack at that job? Or are you going to work really hard at that job? Yeah? We're going to work really hard. But first, we are going to pray a ton. We're going to do our best to pray. And in our prayers, perhaps God will be changing our actions. We're going to start fighting for people, not fighting against people. Amen? It was like the, the day after we had our child, we were in the hospital. And I was like, God, I need a breather. <laughs> My wife was like, what do you mean you need a breather? She did, she did all the work. I, I tell you what, it was, I mean, it was, it was crazy because this was, the, this was the first time, this was our third child. I, 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 the lady was like, hey, you want to you you carry the baby out of her? I'm like, what, 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 what? And she's like, you want to do it? And I'm like, last I heard, we, we, had a, we were paying monthly insurance for you to do this. Why, why do I got to do this? She's like, no, come on, you get to lift the baby out. I'm like, all right. Now, I'm not one who's like, and I'm sorry if I go a little too far, but I'm not one that's like grossed out about it. I'm like, come on, down 42, let's go. I wanna, I'm ready for it. Come on, I'm ready for it. And then I was like, the baby was coming out, the head was coming up, and I was like, with my arms, grabbed her shoulders and lifted her up. It was like, Simba. And then right on to my wife, it was crazy. It was, I got all that stuff on her on my sleeves. I could not believe it. I was like, I gotta throw this shirt out. I gotta burn this shirt. But I, you know, I was like, hey, my, my, my wife's mom showed up to the hospital and I was like, hey, do you, can I just walk outside a little bit? Because I'm just, this is, I'm getting, breathing in a lot of toxic air in here. So I'm just walking outside and I really am like, I'm like, God, thank you so much. Thank you for the blessing of, of, of a child. Thank you for my wife. I'm just like, I'm just, I could just cry thinking about it. That God would see fit for me and my wife to, to parent three little human beings. I think one of them's in the room, right? Yeah, one of them's here. Just chilling, probably watching something on YouTube. I'm gonna test you after Judah and make sure you know the questions and the answers. And I'm sitting there praying. I'm just walking around. I'm, I'm walking pretty far. And all of a sudden, I see my truck. Now, they were redoing the parking lot and uh, they, uh, they valeted all of our cars. You know, it was kind of cool. with like speeding in the hospital. And I'm like throwing the keys at the guy, you know, like, take care of this. And I'm like, oh, I gotta help my wife. You know, I gotta come back and help her get out of the car. And so I see my truck, and I'm like, oh, so my truck's way out here in the middle of the road. This is crazy. And I noticed that there was this big rock behind my truck. And I'm like, wow, they did a really good job of not hitting that truck. Because if you have a truck, you, it's like, if you're parking in a parking garage and you try to back in, it's like, you, unless you have a, a camera, unless you're bougie like that and you got a camera on your truck. I, I, hit, I hit things, I hit public grocery uh, shopping carts all the time. I'm like, I hit it and it bumps it, and then it like just goes down the street, and I gotta run out before it hits another car. It's awesome. But I, uh, I walk up and I'm like, man, I can't believe they didn't hit that rock. And as I got closer, I was like, they, they hit that rock. I got a massive hole in my bumper in my truck. I'm like, are you kidding me? Who are these people? What? And I just was like, I'm gonna go get them. You know, I'm not the greatest at confrontation, especially when things like this happen, but I'm like, I'm gonna get them. And I just, I start walking and I'm like, God, I'm like, what am I going to say? Come on, God, let's get him. Let's get him. Let's hurt him. Let's forgive him. Let's forget, forgive him. What? <laughs> let's forgive. Let's forgive him, God. And by the time I got to the valet, my heart was already like, hey, listen, I know this happened. It wasn't your fault. In fact, I'll pay for it. It's okay. Just don't, don't accuse me of anything. <laughs> and uh, the guy, I'll never forget. The guy was like, hey, man, I just thank you for how you acted and responded. And the guy, this is this is not to brag on myself, please. The guy would call me. He's like, hey, bro, we're going to take care of your truck. We're going to take it to this place. Our insurance is going to cover it. Thanks for not, you know, being a bleep bleep, you know, about it. Just, just thanks. Thanks so much. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I'm just I'm kind of upset still. But, you know, what happened was the, my prayer, as I was walking, I was just praying. And God, I'm telling you, he really changed. He really changed my, my attitude about it. 
I was like, it's just a car. It's just a truck. Who cares? And it gives it a little character, you know? Like, I drive on the highway, but this looks like I've been driving on mud and rocks. Yeah, I'm towing things. This is cool, you know? But uh, my, heart, my, my attitude changed when I began to pray. Church, don't stop praying. Keep praying. Continue to pray. Never stop praying. Romans 12, 12 says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and be faithful in prayer. Don't stop asking God to fill up your love tank so you can respond and behave in such a way that people know without a shadow of a doubt who you are and whose you are. Come on. Matthew 5, 16, we're going to do it with excellence. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds, and glorify your Father in heaven. Love people, church. Be obedient to the Lord, and perhaps they will see the Christ that is in you. They will see the Jesus that is in you. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We gotta do a better job at that, right? We gotta love God first. We gotta know our position. We gotta stop hating people, and we gotta pray a ton, and we gotta work really hard at it. Now, I wanna conclude with just this idea of what do I work really hard at? All right, I, I got it. Let's, let's just, God help me love people more. But what's some practical things? Can I give you some, just four things? And this is, uh, I found this from somebody, a pastor by the name of Tommy Higgle. So I didn't invent it. I just want to pass it on if that's okay with you. And this is, uh, he uses the word love as an, um, as an acrostic poem to reveal four requirements for loving one another. So these are the four things that I want to give you to help us work really hard, okay? So love, L, listen to people. Okay, so how do I work really hard at loving people, Jacob? Listen to them. Do you realize that there's not many things that reveal our love for people like listening does? Think about the problems that we have in marriages and in our relationships, at our jobs, in our businesses. It's really a lack of listening. It could definitely go down to that. There's probably a few other things, but listening is a big thing. Listening, right? Proverbs 12, 15 says, the way of the fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. You know, it was John Maxwell who said, every time you go into a meeting, put an L on your notepad before you go in there. That L will tell you and remind you to listen before you speak. Now, I don't always have a notepad, and so I write it on my hand. I just write an L. Sometimes I'm like, loser. No, listen. You know, I just <laughs> listen. And I just keep telling myself, listen, listen. Somebody say, listen. Come on, listen to people. Let's work hard at that. Oh, offer assistance. People have needs. People have desires. People, there are things, people just need help. You need help. I need help. But there are people around you that God has placed around you that perhaps God is using you to help them. Paul writes to the church of Thessalonica. He says this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. He says, so we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of, of God, but our lives as well. We just wanted to help you. Help you with things going on in your, in your job. Help you with things going on in your family. Help you with things going, practical things. We just, we didn't want things to just necessarily be all spiritual, but we know all things are spiritual, but we just wanted to help you on a practical level. We gave you the gospel, and then we, we gave you some food when you needed it. We gave you some babysitting when you needed it. Listen, you guys have been amazing, church. Some of you have been praying for us. Me and my wife, you've been sending food. Thank you for offering the assistance. I pray that I can do the same when you are in need. I thank you for that. Let's work really hard at that. Look at V. V is to value people. Value people. Just let other, know, let other people know how much you care for them and how much you appreciate them and how much you appreciate what they do and what they've done. When they accomplish something, get excited about it. I like to say to people, I'm your number one cheerleader. I got the pom-poms and the miniskirt. I'm, <laughs> not the miniskirt. That's a weird visual, by the way. <laughs> but I got the pom-poms. I'm cheering you on. I'm your, I'm your number one fan. Be some people's number one fans because they don't have anybody. They don't have anybody. So be the number one fan. Value them. This is what it says in Philippians 2, 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, value. Somebody say value. Value others before yourselves, above yourselves. Value people. I'll tell you what, church. We here at VLC, we will have a culture of honor. We will have a culture of honor. We will honor up and we will honor down here at VLC. We want to value people. Amen. And E is emulate Jesus. 
emulate him. If you don't know what to do or say, just do what Jesus did. And the more you do that, the more you will start to love people. And so my question for you this morning is, you know, do, do your actions, do your, does your speech, does the, the fruit that you are producing, is it bringing people closer to Christ or is it drawing them further away? Do they wonder? Do they wonder about you? Well, here's what I'm proposing. Let's let them not. Amen. Stand to your feet. Father, we thank you so much for all that you've done and we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for your scripture. Lord, maybe there was a lot, maybe there wasn't really any much in this, but Father, I pray that your word would, would continue to speak volume, that it would continue to minister to those who are in need of it. Lord, the truth is that there are some broken people in here. There are some hurting people in here. And Lord, they just need, it just seems they need a touch of heaven today. And maybe your word today was that touch that they needed. Maybe the scriptures that we read was the touch that they needed. And they've been struggling just to get along with people in their house. They've been struggling to get along with people um, in, in their workspace. They've just been struggling to get along with people in the church. But God, you've clearly told us, how can we say we love you and not love those around us? So help us today in our behavior to behave differently and to love people better than we've ever loved people before. And in doing so, may you be glorified, Jesus. May you be honored and may people come to know you. May they come to know you. I wonder if there's anybody in this room today who's saying, Jacob, I can do a, I can do a better job at loving people. In fact, I need to do a better job at loving people. But that's you, would you just slip up your hand? Just say, hey, Jacob, that's me, that's me. If you're watching it online, maybe just type and say, hey, that's me. I, I, loved, I need to do a better job at loving people. I love God with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, and all my strength, as Mark says. But I need to do a better job at loving people. Well, Father, I pray that these the scriptures that were spoken, that were read, would be an encouraging word and a reminder to, to pursue a love for people that's necessary, God. That's fulfilling the law that you said. The second greatest commandment that sits along next to loving you is to love our neighbor as ourselves. Help us do that, Jesus. Help us do that, Father. Even right now in this moment, God, as we sing and as we worship and as we declare, Lord, make us available. Lord, with this statement, would we make ourselves available to loving people, to loving your children, to loving those who are hurting, to loving those who are broken, to loving those who don't love us. Would you help us to love them, Jesus? Give us a burden. Give us a burden to love them. Give us a passion to love them. Give us a desire to love them, Jesus. Help us to be made available to loving people. Come on, if that's you in this room, would you just open up your heart? Would you lift up your hands and say, God, come on, I make myself available. Yeah, I make myself available, Jesus. Come on. Here we are. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If this has blessed you, would you consider giving a financial gift to help bring this message to more people? You can do that at vlcministries.com slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Here's what we believe. Living God's way, everywhere, every way, every day. We love you and God bless.